Chapter Six of Campfire Girls in the Country by Stella M. Francis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Leanne Howlett. Braving the Spooks. What'll we do now? Harriet asked with a look that might have appeared comical to one not threatened with the necessity of staying out the rest of the night. It never occurred to me that she might do such a thing said Hazel, without attempting to answer her comrade's question. But I don't know what we would have done if it had occurred to us. We would have gone in with her, and we couldn't have got in first very well unless we had run on ahead of her as soon as we saw her headed back for the house. "'Shall we try to get in through one of the windows?' Harriet suggested. "'And run the risk of being shot as burglars?' returned Hazel with a nod of grim fatality. I happen to know that Aunt Hannah keeps an automatic pistol for that very purpose, and she knows how to handle it like a man. "'Then we must stay out till morning,' said Harriet rather dolefully. "'I'm afraid so unless you can make your wits work better than I seem to be able to work mine.' "'Let's ring the bell and wake somebody up,' Harriet proposed. "'We'd probably wake everybody up, and then there'd be a lot of explaining to do.' Aunt Hannah'd probably be present clamoring with all the rest for an explanation. What reason could we give that would sound plausible for being out, in this attire, at this time of night, without telling a great big fib? We'd probably get ourselves in bad doing that. Harriet saw the reasonableness of this argument, but she was not ready yet to give up. Of course they must get back into the house, without revealing the occasion of their going out, if possible, or if not, they must do the best they could. Let's go around to Marion and Helen's window and wake them up by throwing pebbles against the glass, was her next proposal. They'll come down and let us in. Fortunately, their room is at the opposite end of the house from your aunt's, and they're not likely to disturb her. That sounds pretty good, Hazel said, somewhat encouraged. Let's go around and see how things look. They hastened to the west end of the house, but the conditions they found there were anything but favorable. In the first place, the moon was in the southeast, so that the shadow of the house darkened a considerable area of ground to the west. Moreover, a large oak tree completed this disadvantage by throwing a dense shade on the ground near the southwest corner of the house. "'They'd never recognize us in this place,' Hazel objected, after a hasty view of the surroundings. If we succeeded in waking them up, we'd do nothing better than scare them. They'd think we were burglars or maybe ghosts. The latter suggestion with a little shivering laugh, although it was a warm night. It isn't funny, Harriet observed with almost a shudder, although she laughed derisively, that we should think about ghosts with the chills running up and down our backs on an occasion like this, although we know there ain't no such things. My, I'm beginning to feel creepy. I could almost have sworn a spook touched me on the shoulder just then. "'Harriet!' exclaimed Hazel reprovingly, while she cast an apprehensive glance behind her, and then looked back foolishly at her companion. "'The first thing we know you'll have a fit of screaming. Now quit that kind of talk and think up something more sensible for us to do.' Both girls lapsed into silence several moments, and at length Hazel said, 
"'I believe the best thing we can do is to go back through the woods to our camp "'and stay there the rest of the night.' but we'll be up against the same difficulty in the morning of explaining away our predicament that we'd be up against now if we woke up somebody to let us in, Harriet objected. No, we won't, Hazel replied. Not if you let me do the explaining. I think you're afraid we'll meet a ghost in the timber. You're just trying to get back at me, Harriet said defiantly. Go ahead, lead the way, and see if I'm afraid of all the spooks in the timber. "'but how will that explain our going to the camp at this time of the night?' "'I won't say when we went. I'll just say we went.' "'But why?' "'To find out if there really are any ghosts around here. "'I'll say you gave me a ghost dare and I took you up. "'That'll be true, won't it? "'You started by putting me to the test. "'Now I take you up. Come on.' "'Without more ado, Hazel started around the north side or rear of the house,' and led the way along the route over which they had passed twice in the last hour. Harriet followed, asking no more questions, although several which seemed to her of considerable importance persistently puzzled her mind. For instance, she wondered how her audacious leader would explain to the other girls and Mrs. Hutchins how the door happened to be locked from the inside after they had gone out. Again, how would she explain the hasty attire in which they had made their departure? Moreover, what excuse would she give to Mr. and Mrs. Mackenzie, the persons in charge of their camp, during the absence of the girls, for this unheralded appearance and resumption of possession? Hazel as much as asked me to let her handle this affair, and I think I'll let her do it from now on, Harriet mused. It isn't a matter of life and death, I guess, for anybody concerned. If she bungles things up, I'll have the laugh on her. Mr. and Mrs. Mackenzie lived in the farmhouse belonging to the estate and ran the farm for Mrs. Hutchins. When the campfire girls arrived and pitched their tents down by Butter Creek and Fern Hollow, they were delighted with the suggestion that they take charge of the place whenever the campers wished to be absent. The prospect of occasional tent life during the next few weeks had no little charm for this childless couple, to whom life usually had a good deal of uninteresting sameness day after day. And the delight of this innovation in their experiences became the more substantial when Aunt Hannah purchased an extra tent and told them to pitch it near the colony of the campfire girls and occupy it whenever their regular duties did not require their presence elsewhere. Mrs. Hutchins wisely suggested that perhaps it might be well to have a man within calling distance inasmuch as tramps and other troublesome characters now and then were seen in the neighborhood. Nothing of the kind, nature or description of a spook or a ghost was seen during the trip through the woods to the camp in Fern Hollow, and in half an hour Hazel and Harriet finished their night's adventure by closing their eyes in slumber on two comfortable mosquito-protected cots in the colony of tents of Flamingo Campfire. End of chapter 6